Welcome to the third ever episode of Generation BTS, the podcast, where we take a closer look at all of the BTS albums in a very random order. I'm Christine, I am 28, and I've been ARMY for almost a year now. And this is my co-host, Leanne. Leanne, can you tell us about you? (laughs) I'm Leanne, I'm 33. And I'm the baby army of the group, having been army for about five months. And then we've got Natasha. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm 18 and I've been in army for six years-ish. Nice. And if you're new to the podcast, the premise is, like I said, we talk about an album each time. It's in a random order and we provide the perspectives of three different decades, hence the generation title. Just so you know, we are not experts on music, K-pop or BTS. We're just fans sharing our opinions on the boys. And please be aware, we do swear. So, uh, so yeah, we shall jump right in, but first, some housekeeping. So, we're recording this, just gone through three days of track lists mm-hmm. for, the, um, for the new album, Proof. Very exciting. So, uh, so, yeah, what do we think? Do we have any thoughts on the track list, Leanne? Yes, excited. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're excited. We've agreed that we might meet up for the album release, mm-hmm. which in the UK is 5am, which is a really, you know solid time to be awake on a Friday so yeah. we've committed Holiday we'll be taking as well <laughs> yeah we've committed work. to being there and being together yeah I've not told my boss that yet but I will be on holiday <laughs> and um, we pre-ordered our albums yeah we, we have pre-ordered we pre-ordered so uh so yeah we're excited for that that's gonna be really exciting right shall we get into why we're here we're here to talk about Map of the Soul Persona today. So Map of the Soul Persona was released on the 12th of April 2019. So just over three years ago. And it marked the start of the Map of the Soul era. Now, as the only person who was ARMY at the time, Natasha, can you tell us how you felt about Map of the Soul Persona when it came out? I remember because it was around the time that I went to see them. Well, just before. In high school, I didn't have any friends that liked BTS. So it was just me being like, oh, my God, this thing's coming out at three o'clock. And I think school finished at, like, half two. So it was literally like, get home and wait. Or might have been four o'clock, actually, with time difference. But (laughs) get home and just wait and wait and wait and be like, refresh, refresh, refresh. And um, waiting for everything to come out. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you had like have your opinions changed on Persona since it came out? Do you think? No. Loved it then. Love love it now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Perfect. When it came out, did you like look into a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the meanings and where all the stuff came from, or did you just like consume it as pop music? No, I think I probably had the subtitles on the mm. music video, but that was probably about it. Because I'd, yeah. I'd like watch it first and watch like everyone. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> and then I'd rewatch it again with lyrics and try, try read the lyrics, but obviously get distracted. By that. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, just only that bit, which obviously isn't the best translation, but you know, yeah. Yeah, it gives you some idea, I suppose. Leanne, any immediate thoughts on Persona? How do you feel about it? 
Um, so we know that I had a difficult time with the start of the school era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so really embarrassingly, though, not very embarrassingly for the podcast, I, having only been five months born, I've not had my first army cry oh. yet until we spun in Persona, <laughs> which was yeah, just, was I was so, like, overwhelmed <laughs> by the fact that we would go into an album that had Boy With Love on. Yeah. Because obviously Boy With Love was my first sort of song in. So when, as soon as we'd finished recording last time, when we spun it in, we put it on play, and then Boy With Love came on in the first few beats, and then I just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then Christine was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just so relieved, because I just know that this album's going to just mean so much more to me oh, and it's gosh. so much more similar to music that I like because I'm not that into sort of hip-hop R&B so yeah that was my first BTS army cry yeah was about the Being joy great. of moving to map of the soul persona for the next two weeks I'm not gonna lie it's been a really great two weeks yeah. I have really enjoyed putting it on every spare minute that I've got reviewing the lyrics watching the content I've been very happy in Map of the Soul era perfect yeah um apologies to any school era stance um <laughs> I don't mind school era I don't want us to sound like we hate it because we don't but like there's a big contrast let's say and I think by doing the album sort of out of order we don't necessarily see that sort of development mm-hmm. in the music uh, but like I said in the first episode there's podcasts that sort of address that already so you didn't want to sort of repeat everything that they said but there is a big a big contrast between this one and the one from the previous episode so just yeah what about you christine how was it for you oh well it's a really good album i really like it but also it's the first one where when i started to look into like the era and what it means and the themes and everything I just went straight down that rabbit hole of like this is about psychology and I spent like a week learning about theory and like psychoanalysis and all of that stuff and I was just like wow this is where I never thought I'd go with BTS Mm -hmm. although I sort of knew that the themes were there but the extent to which the themes are there that was kind of mind-blowing. So yeah, we'll get into that. It's obviously perfectly fine to just like the songs and listen to the songs and not know the whole deeper meaning bit, but the songs clearly sort of do relate to the bit that's on the intellectual level. So I think we'll we'll need to talk about that as well, just to sort of give them their, uh, or give the boys the respect that they deserve as, uh, as genius boys. <laughs> so um, we'll try and do that. But yeah, should we talk about the era then? Because I think my my bit where I said what I how I feel about it sort of leads us neatly onto that, mm-hmm. right? So um, Map of the Soul as an era sits after Love Yourself and before the B era, which isn't really an era. It was more of like a lockdown album that sort of led us into the Permission to Dance set of concerts mm-hmm. and yeah, what they did sort of during COVID, I guess. And Map of the Soul. So here's where it starts to get complicated is heavily inspired by Carl Jung's psychoanalytic theories about exploring one's soul. So this might be quite a heavy one for that reason, but I'll try my best not to get completely lost in the theories and just try and explain everything really like clearly and neatly. 
So Carl Jung, he was an Austrian writer, psychologist and psychiatrist. He lived from 1875 to 1961. And he is known as one of the founding fathers of analytic psychology. He was the one that proposed and developed the concepts of extrovert and introvert personalities. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the power of the unconscious really become that. So he um, originally sort of brought his theories across 18 volumes of, of books, and they were sort of scattered. But there's an American author and professor called Dr. Murray Stein, who sort of condensed them into different books about different topics. He wrote a series of books called Young's Map of the Soul, which is obviously where this title for the album comes from. And he did write one called Young's Map of the Soul, Persona, Our Many Faces. Mm. So that's clearly the source material for this album. And he has written one called Map of the Soul Shadow. Sugar Solo from the Map of the Soul 7 album is called Shadow. Mm -hmm. And there's also Map of the Soul Ego, which is Hobie Solo. And he also wrote a book following the release of Map of the Soul 7 called Map of the Soul 7, Persona, Shadow and Ego in the World of BTS. Oh, and... so he's written a book about the boys writing songs about his book. Yeah, <laughs> very meta. So, yeah, I, to sort of look into these books, I listened to this podcast that is called Speaking of Young. And the podcast had this Dr. Stein on as a guest. And with him, they sort of had one episode where they explored the themes of the book because he'd sort of been made aware that these boys were due to release an album that which had the same title of one of his books mm -hmm. and he said one of his uh, Japanese students had come up to him in a class and said you know this uh, Hybe record label from South Korea are recommending your book on their website and he was like no uh, that's so weird and then he looked into it and said and then I discovered that they were going to release an album called Map of the Soul Persona which is literally the title of my book so uh, and then he, I sued he them. was a star <laughs> not quite he said he was astounded so yeah then he uh, he went on this podcast where he sort of briefly explained the themes he said he had been like bombarded by questions from army, army. trying to um ask questions about these theories and sort of what he thought the album might be about and yeah all of that sort of stuff and the same for the girl who has the Jungian psychology mm -hmm. podcast and she also said that she'd become army herself now so I <laughs> love that <laughs> So yeah, there's a few episodes. So if you are interested in this, I would really, really recommend that podcast. I will link those in the description. Right. So I think in order to talk about the album, it's good to know a little bit of the basics, though. We can talk about the uh, the three sort of main aspects of the psyche, according to this guy, Carl Jung. So you have the ego, which is the representation of the conscious mind. So the thoughts, memories, and emotions a person is aware of. So that's sort of what you think about when you think about yourself. And then you also have the personal unconscious. So that is forgotten information as well as repressed memories. So everything that's sort of to do with your individual person that you wouldn't have in your immediate conscious. Mm -hmm. And then you have what's known as um, Jung's sort of most controversial theory, which is the theory of the collective unconscious, which is a universal version of the uh, personal unconscious, which holds mental patterns or traces of memory, which are shared uh, with other members of the human species. So he sort of believed that as humans, we all share certain symbols 
And you can see that in the way that different cultures, religions, and people throughout time have come up with similar symbols. And he said that they stem from these things called archetypes, which are themes and images that we all share and were developed through evolution. So we have, to sort of explain it, we have these innate characteristics that are imprinted into our brains and Mm -hmm. they've developed through evolution and we all share them. So one example that I read on a website was the example of sort of fear of snakes or spiders. Mm -hmm. You know, loads of different people across the world, whether or not they live around poisonous spiders, will be scared of spiders. That's one that, uh, that they think is sort of developed through evolution because back in the day, if you were scared of spiders, when there were a lot of poisonous spiders around, then you were probably more likely to survive. And that's how sort of, even if you were a child that grew up around no spiders, if you saw a spider, you might know to be scared of it. No, I'm just saying I'm scared of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm scared of spiders. Not that scared of snakes, but like if a poisonous snake was there. I feel like being scared of snakes is more rational. Yeah, spiders are much smaller. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like being scared of worms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like... Uh, also, also scared. Scared of worms. You're scared of worms. I don't know. Like, I don't know. They're not nice, but like... They remind me of snakes, so it's like... Mm. Yeah. Like, so the... So the archetypes mm-hmm. are traits that are passed down ancestrally... Yeah, and they appear like, you know how this, the different cultures and different religions come up with like roughly the same ideas mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I think that's sort of the basis of it. But we'll talk more about the archetypes. So the archetypes basically, as he sort of explained it, are different parts of your personality or what makes up your soul. And there are loads of archetypes, but I'll go over the ones that sort of come up in the Persona album. The first one is the persona. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so the persona is the Latin word for mask, and it's the sort of the face that we present when we face the outside world. Mm-hmm. So you might have a lot of different personas. You might have one when you're at work and one when you're with like your family and one when you're with your friends. Mm-hmm. And in different situations, you might sort of present different faces. This is what helps us conceal our real base self and helps us conform to the norms of the society in which sort of we find ourselves and at any given point kind of like how an actor will take on a different personality for a role basically um how the boys take on their stage selves yeah so in the song persona obviously rm talks about being an idol and then being kim namjoon so we'll we'll get to that later but that is a good example of persona yes so that's the persona. And then you have the anima or the animus, which is your unconscious feminine or masculine sign, depending on your main gender. So if I'm a girl, then I'll have an animus, which is an unconscious masculine side. Whereas the boys will have an anima, which is Ooh. an unconscious feminine side that you might sort of also repress. And this character will often appear in your dreams apparently and Jung thought that if you undermine your feminine side if you're a man and you undermine your feminine side uh, it will prevent you from full psychological development Mm -hmm. so it's important to sort of acknowledge that you have these these traits and then we have the shadow which is composed primarily of the elements of ourselves that we consider to be negative and we do not show this side of the self to the outside world and that can be a source of anxiety or shame So these um, elements can be sort of those that are universally bad, like 
envy or like anger or yeah anything like everyone would say yeah that's a bad trait but it could also be traits that you've been scolded for as a child or you can sort of have traits that you personally consider bad like if you see yourself as too weak and you don't feel masculine as a result for example Mm -hmm. that can be part of the shadow as well Uh, so it's traits that you repress basically and then the final one that we'll talk about is the self which is the one that provides a sense of unity in the things that you experience so your your true personality basically comprising all the other elements so for young the ultimate aim of every individual is to achieve the state of selfhood And how do you do this? You go through a process called individuation. So rather than repressing the traits that we talked about in the other archetypes, you need to sort of acknowledge those um, and integrate them with the traits of the ego, which is what you think about yourself. So that's sort of how you you achieve the individuation, which is also important in the process of discovering and loving yourself. So... Dr. Stein on the podcast explained that self-love in the early stages mirrors others' love for you. So like if your mom loved Mm -hmm. you, for example, you might see yourself as in the way that your mom had love for you. Mm -hmm. But once you're able to love yourself without the need to mirror, you truly love yourself. And we know that Aram said in his uh, UN speech that he's working on understanding and loving himself. So yeah, and you need to know and understand your entire self to do this, according to Jung. Anyway, that's the end of my rant about <laughs> Jungian theory. If you want to know more, listen to the other podcast. I mean, the value of the theory is where it sits within the timeline, right? Yeah. So I was going to talk we, about that next. So you we had on. the Love Yourself era that does talk about self-love and what's required and the difference between loving yourself and loving a version of yourself that loves someone else Mm -hmm. and really sort of talking to yourself in a way that's kind and caring and compassionate Mm -hmm. whereas I think when you get into the map of the soul era you're really getting that how to love yourself and how you break those those things down and how it's it's almost deeper in a concept right it's yeah a deeper concept yeah agreed because yeah and love yourself I, I sort of had a little think about how they might have come to do an album about this mm. um and how it sort of links to the other uh other concepts so obviously we've done school era I don't think that sort of necessarily links to this that much because mm-hmm. obviously it, it is a little bit about being true to yourself breaking the mold and yeah I guess that's relevant the voice of youth yeah then we also haven't done the uh, most beautiful moment in life era, which is sort of all about transitioning into adulthood. When we also haven't done Wings, which is about the book Demian, Demian mainly, uh, which is based on this theory. Because I've just finished Demian and it's the guy in, in the book goes through a meeting with all of these archetypes, basically, mm-hmm. as he transitions through adulthood. So Demian actually kind of links both to most beautiful moment in life and to this era so I think maybe they sort of uncovered the theory through wings and then you know obviously like I said the uh, the ultimate goal of of individuation and of this theory is to sort of get to know your real self and accept your real self and love your real self so that might have been how they happened up on love yourself after wings and then how you got into map of the soul yeah I don't think love yourself was 
a massively sort of theoretical exploration it was more about the sort of relationship and like oh yeah we're happy in love but I don't feel like myself and then oh we're having this issue because I don't feel like myself and Mm -hmm. then I'm my realization was like I needed to love myself but then RM said in his v-live that we watched Mm. that they wanted to sort of zone in on something a little less big Mm -hmm. as a concept and obviously they've sort of talked about the value of loving yourself but they also haven't really talked about how you get there so I think maybe that's how this came up yeah the love, um, love yourself was the what and this is the how yeah exactly when the like track list and stuff gets released my instagram were just filled with like people like random notes pages that people had got together bringing up their theories and obviously people that cared a lot more going into being like the names are all the track lists and stuff like this must mean that this is like a this type of concept and this must mean that they're bringing it from this and I didn't know about the theory behind it and concept behind it I just myself didn't delve into it yeah the people cared about it at the time young let's talk about the actual album so like I said Map of the Soul was released on 12th April 2019. It debuted at number one in the US and peaked at number one in the UK, New Zealand and Australia. So yes. woo, it, was, it made BTS the first Korean act to achieve a number one in all of those countries. It was also obviously number one on South Korea's Gaon charts. And it also reached number three in Norway. Yay! <laughs> Christine's from Norway. Yeah, I don't know if we've said it. We all. haven't. No, so that's where I'm from. So I thought I'd give a big shout out to Norway. <laughs> Getting it on, like, you know, bronze, but still, it's still good. The lead single from For the Soul Persona was Boy with Love. And then they released Make It Right as a collaboration with Loud, which they promoted mm. as the second single later on some awards that it won uh it won the melon music award and the emna asian music award album of the year for 2019 and the bonsang and the daysang at the golden disc awards and soul music awards in 2020 and according to big hit in their little blurb on the website it talks about this album helping bts share the messages with their fans across the world and that they want to use their power to shape the future while embracing all of its shadows. Um, anyway, I think the first song is quite sort of apt in terms of talking about this stuff, although we don't want to spend too much time on intro persona because I think we're going to talk about it again when we get to uh, do our uh, Map of the Soul solos hmm. episode. So I looked into intro persona, which was obviously a true gift from the team yeah um, because it's rm's solo one of rm's first solos that i've i'm really looked into and to do the sort of written by it's written by rm p dog and his noise and it's produced by his noise so the track in and of itself is an intro track which means that we won't be able to use it for any of the awards so really the key to the song mm-hmm. is around that word persona and in search of the answer to the question, who am I? Yeah. So it really is RM just sort of running lyrics about himself, the different versions of himself. Ultimately, he identifies four different versions, um, which are Kim Nanjun, an idol, a rapper, and a leader. 
and they appear throughout the music video and throughout the song at different stages. So it opens with the rapper and finishes on the idol and how he conflicts with those, which I think is really interesting because the rapper is part of his persona Mm -hmm. and the idol is also part of his persona. So you're getting those two. They're different personas, right? Yeah. Like, yeah different aspects of different his personality, aspects. different masks that he sort of puts on. Yeah. But neither of them are him, no, ultimately. No, he's not just the rapper and he's not just the... The idol. Idol, yeah. So then with, within it, these lyrics sort of cover, you know, who am I? It's a question I've searched for my whole life. He does a reflection about how nobody wants to know the real him. So the lyrics go sort of, the flaws of mine that I know, maybe that's all I've got really... And that follows up with, the world is actually not interested in my clumsiness at all. My shadow I wrote and I called it hesitation. Mm. So those parts of himself that he classes as part of Kim Nam Joon mm. and, the part, and the shadow parts of himself, his flaws around hesitation, yeah. they're the parts that he keeps back and doesn't feel like they would be accepted. Yeah. He's asked about being immature as well, doesn't he? And how that's sort of part of his anxiety or part, part of the shadow, sorry. And then the idolised version appears much larger than life, like almost animated, Hmm. characteristic, couldn't be real. I think also, interestingly, the leader version of him, so he did all of his styling for the music video, Hmm. and the leader version of him is wearing an oversized suit that's not buttoned up. Ultimately, you get this representation that mm. is that's I think it's quite vulnerable, right? We mm. we wouldn't associate the words hesitation with Aram no. at all, and I wouldn't ever associate him as an oversized suit leader. No, yeah. like he completely fits within that role of who he is, um, and we take the clumsiness obviously with a fair amount of love for the god of destruction. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I think when he said that thing about the world doesn't care about my clumsiness I'm like no we do we do we love you for your clumsiness on the other podcast I said about people who are in big positions like people who are named as CEOs or whatever mm-hmm. they sort of often feel a sense of insufficiency or foolishness they'll sort of think about themselves and think I'm not like I don't know why people would listen to what I'm saying mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or smart enough or, or sort of experienced enough or whatever to be in this position and that you sort of feel a disassociation with it and I think that comes up doesn't it when he sort of has him himself in this big suit and like yeah when he sort of oh I, I think he says at one point someone like me isn't good enough to deliver the truth and he has this whole big thing where he says someone like me isn't good enough for this someone like me isn't good enough for that blah, 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 blah. so yeah it's a very sort of honest portrayal I think the the lyrics do a good job of explaining sort of the disassociation with who he really is and when he sort of takes on these three different roles. But yeah, like I said, the music video also does a really good job of displaying it visually. Mm-hmm. The different sort of costumes that he wears when he's the leader and the rapper and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a very good way of explaining this first archetype that we've talked about mm-hmm. and which also gives its name to the album. So it might be the most important one, I think. Yeah, and I think very well done that the styling of the idol had to be animated. Yeah. It had to be larger than life. There isn't an outfit that you can wear. There isn't a depiction that you can choose that represents Aram as the idol. It has to be this big godlike figure that feels so far away from yeah. who he is. Well, he's there sometimes when he wears the sort of modern handbook robe mm. thing i don't know if it's intentional but it made me think of the idol music video mm. where they sort of do wear those robes 
So I guess it might be sort of a throwback to that song as well, which is very much about the sort of, they call me an artist, they call me idol, I've got all of these me's inside me, but they're all me. And I guess that also is one that sort of has led them on to this persona concept. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. I think personally, I prefer like a vocal solo compared to a rap solo. So listening to this, I knew it wasn't going to be a favourite, but I was like, I do actually really like the the little like sounds in the background and um, and as well the like main picture that I think of when I think of that song is the we stood in front of that chalkboard. The amount of like analysation that came out of that from Army, incredible. Just think doing this podcast, you just really realise that I'm like much of a loop it is where it's like that's from the beginning but then they use that there and then you're like oh well they've actually like remembered to use that there and then it's shown up again there and it's all it's all one big circle you mentioned about the background noise the background noise actually comes from the intro to i think it's school of affair Mm. yeah there's an intro track where sort of rm sugar and uh, j-hope each do their own little sort of rap bit with different background music and rm's background music they've used again in in this intro here and that's obviously like several several years apart so uh so that's pretty clever the bit about the whiteboard as well it's um it does have the ego shadow persona on it so if you were looking into sort of what that all meant and you didn't get the the theory from the title of the album then you would have got it from those words so yeah should we talk about the music video some more just sort of from a uh Look how pretty he is, sort of <laughs> point of view. He's really great. It's blonde, blonde junior, right? Yeah, he's. Blonde I wrote. Junior's. He's a vision at all times. Yeah, blonde junior is a real highlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we review the albums, we get to watch the V Live. Yeah. Um, and blonde junior just like vibing oh, along wow. to the songs that he's written. It's just golden. Yeah, it's I really was amazed. into the V Live. <laughs> I was, I was having the best time. Right, um, and then we've got some performances. He obviously hasn't performed this loads because sadly the uh, Map of the Soul tour never happened. Crying emoji. <laughs> Every time. Um, yeah. There is the one from the Map of the Soul 1 performance mm-hmm. where he does wear the big suit and he sort of is on this podium doing a, it looks kind of like a presidential address type yeah. thing in front of all these people that are wearing these like gold ski mask things and sort of not along to the music. It's a little weird, not gonna lie. And this, the suit that he wears, it's oversized, but it's also like really like punky and his hair is all spiky. And I'm, I guess it's getting at the same stuff, right? Like he's yeah. ridiculousness giving this sort of leader speech. But yeah, it's a good one still. I'd recommend looking it up. He said in the V-Live that he was looking forward to performing it and doing it justice. So yeah. I think he does a good job. But we ho- hope that there might be time for for some of the um, of the solo, solo performances at a later date. The last thing I had about this song was that in the other podcast, they sort of talked about how he ends the chorus with saying sort of, where's my soul, where's my dream? In Young, he sort of calls out, in the desert saying where's my soul where's my soul and then the soul appears in the desert in the form of a woman with who he has a conversation and this is the anime character and they said it's really interesting how this song that sort of ends on where's my soul goes straight into boy with love where they sort of sing with the woman yeah about the mirage Um, about is the mirage apparently this anime character 
traditionally is often someone from a different culture mm -hmm. so like western thinkers often imagine their anima as like an exotic woman basically mm -hmm. um so it would make sense in that case for someone who is from a quote-unquote exotic country to think of the anima character as someone from a different culture anyway which might be an like american western culture but it could be that it's not that at all but also it does seem to fit with the narrative anyway should we move on to boy with love yeah so boy with love was written by harem hitman bang sugar j-hope halsey and there's a lady that aram refers to in the v live called uh mel okay um and that's melanie melanie joy fontana who's a right she's got a writing credit on some of the songs throughout this but mm -hmm. i can just refer to her in the v live so i thought it was worth mentioning her and it was produced by p dog and actually from the v live aram wrote most of these so he said he was a writing robot mm. um <laughs> he wrote most of the lyrics for most of the songs and just couldn't stop um so he'd originally wanted to um call it a poem for the small things because it really is about finding joy and love out of the little things in life the simple things such as you know jimmy wanting to know how's your day will you just send me a text what yeah. makes you happy um sugar's line about turning the time with you turns the ordinary is extraordinary yeah it really is a, a love story but a love story a love song about the small parts of love and the little parts of yeah. love. Um, so Aram said in the V-Live that he was worried that Boy of Love wouldn't have enough meaning straight off to a listener compared to the a poem to the small things. Um, but in the end, he was glad that they went with Boy of Love. And Boy of Love is the alternate or the reboot of the 2014 song Boy in Love, mm -hmm. which showcases a shift in tone from the sort of aggression and passion of BTS back then and some of the concept around relationships and, and women and the derogatory sort of remarks. In the music video, <laughs> in the music stress, video. in the music video, there is a scene where Jin sort of pushes a girl off to the um to the locker lockers. in the school, which apparently was very common in like K dramas and stuff at the time, but seen through the lens of twenty twenty two, it's a little a little tough to watch. And he was very apologetic when he did it. Like you can see in the behind the scenes he uh, immediately goes like, Oh I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But anyway, it's been criticized for that since. So yeah, it really just uh, showcases that growth. Boy with Love is more about an image of acceptance, maturity and growth. Boy with Love focuses on unrequited love. So mm. yeah. you're irritated because they don't love you back. If you love yourself, you're in a better position to meet someone and appreciate the small things and moments of joy that you get from yeah. them. Mm -hmm. And you have that love and you sort of have it with the other person, right? You're not like trying to possess them. Yeah, they're an active participant <laughs> in the relationship and in the love. Love, yeah. mm. love as a concept, not as an entitlement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, some fans think that um, Boy of Love is a sort of fan song. Mm. So, um, especially around some of the sort of, you got me high so fast lines about yeah. their sort of rocketing to fame all on the back of what ARMY have done for them and how we drive them forward mm. but ultimately it really is about the power of themselves realizing the importance and power of self-love yeah from what you said about boy in love i think arm sort of said since that the criticism that he received during that 
era. I think it was in 2016 when people sort of started looking at this one. Plus, there's another song called War of Hormone that sort of got the same sort of treatment. And a few of the the songs that they did pre-debut got the sort of, oh, it's misogynistic treatment by, I think, mostly the sort of anti-fans. But anyway, and Big Hit released a long statement saying that, you know, we thank you guys for alerting us to issues in the lyrics of some of the songs. Please take care and watch over them in the future and sort of alert us to, to similar issues. So RM since has talked about how he now takes much more care when he writes lyrics and sort of is constantly studying the news and the society around him and takes advice from others on lyrics that he writes, like feminist professors and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So obviously it became this opportunity for growth for him. And yeah, I think he, he said on the Be Love, didn't he, that he thought that sort of song two to song six on the album was for ARMY. So I think mm-hmm. we're entitled to, to see it that way. <laughs> Apparently at the time, and you, I don't know if you might remember this, Natasha, but apparently they sort of had this hashtag that they used called Curious About Army, where they would sort of go on Twitter and put little questions like, oh, what did you have for breakfast? What was the most special thing that happened to you today? And like people would reply and tell them about their day. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like the early version of Ask Me Anything with JK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, they uh, clearly were trying to sort of find out the little things. Jen has this line in, in the song where he says, come be my teacher, teach me everything about you. And uh, do you remember this happening, Natasha? No. I think I wore on Twitter to find the, like, the stuff that got released, like photos and stuff. But I one more Instagram, like, to find out information. Yeah, and, and it might have also been in Korean, I don't know. It was but, probably in Korean, yeah, yeah that is fair. <laughs> Twitter translate at that time was shit. Like at the point where it'd be like, you'd translate it and it's something like, come suck, suck this or something. And then you have to wait for someone like five minutes later for someone to be like, this is what it translate as really. So I've, I've really liked Boy of Love for a long time. It's also the first, I remember when you played it and you were like, oh, I don't really know if I can get on board with the music when you were like just watching Run and stuff. And then you heard this song and you were like, oh, this one's great. <laughs> so yeah, it's really, been a favourite for It's <laughs> been a favourite for me for the whole time. And it's very like, so I sort of always had my, you know, limited interpretations of Boy of Love about... Mm. And then when we first read the lyrics, J-Hope's rap just broke my heart as always, like he he does, which goes, everyone says I'm a hero, oh no. I say something like destiny was never my thing, oh no. World peace, a great order, oh no. I just want to keep you safe. And now whenever J-Hope does the rap, I'm like, he just wants to keep me safe. (laughs) Like he doesn't doesn't care about all of these big things that he could have. He doesn't want them. He just cares about my personal no one else's my <laughs> personal safety and happiness it's just really beautiful yeah i'm a big fan of hobby's rap rm has a section where he goes on about using the wings of icarus another mm. sort of uh, academic reference from rm uh, some of us may know icarus is the legend of the the boy that sort of flew too close to the sun and because his wings were sort of waxed onto his back they fell off and then he died but he's using the wings of Icarus to fly not towards the sun, but towards you. Any day. Yeah. So uh, whether you want to see the you as army or towards this sort of soul fulfillment 
piece that we're going to talk about throughout the album or whether you want to see the U as like this housey that they're singing to. Um, I guess it all works, but I think it sort of exemplifies a uh, scenario where he's much more in control, right? Mm -hmm. And he, this sort of theme of boy with love, and this is something that they brought up on the other podcast as well, signifies a much more developed sort of ego stage. Mm -hmm. And you're able to sort of use that love that you have and sort of bring it with you and control how it's given to someone else and use it as a as a resource and something that you can use to to build good things basically. Grow, yeah. yeah. So they're not in love, they're not possessed by the love, the ego isn't possessed, but they have it the love there to use as a uh a resource. It's interesting. What did you think when you first saw the music video, Natasha? um a lot of pink very well some people would say feminine i mean we talked a little bit about the music video already i think we can just sort of uh, let ourselves it. go to the I music video it. the charms of the music video all the pink it. and all the bright fluffy cuteness and all the hair really Oof. really good i mean we've got blondar and we've talked about him already but he's a uh a vision the era of blue hair tech wow that's a uh one that stands out for me he really really rocked that blue hair and that's hard to do and then put jim in yeah he's not really pink in the music video he goes pink later but in the music video i'd argue that he's more like orangey like natasha said the the music video is literally all pink and it has this like movie theater theme Halsey's in a phone box at one point and then they're on a couch and uh, it's like they'll jump onto the couch like in friends yeah 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 (laughs) It's really great. Yeah. And then the choreo is 10 out of 10, right? The choreo is so cute. I love it so much. There's that little like jump where they all sort of pose and then they do the little like jumps across the stage. And then they walk down the stairs. And then when they walk down the stairs, yeah. So they've never before seen dance practice. You'll know you found it if Aram is wearing shorts. Yeah. Uh, You should favourite hit. Yeah. Uh, And then there's times (laughs) when he'll he'll do like a jump kick and you can see so much thigh. For me, it's not all about the shorts and the thigh. Like, I watch different members, but I don't think you've ever seen anyone else, have you? There's no one else in it. There's, <laughs> no. there's just Haram. Just him on his own, dancing around in his shorts. <laughs> so then the, the joke goes in, in our house. We've had it for about five months now. When Christine says, oh, do you want to watch some music videos? And I'll go... Or dance practice. Or yeah, any, any BTS content, wanna... let's say. And I'll go, there's this brand new dance practice just out never before seen yeah i don't think it's boy with love before. i've definitely not seen it shall we watch that one yeah um, rm's in shorts like I, i've heard rumors <laughs> online that rm might be in shorts and i think we really should watch it it was funny at first and then it wasn't funny for a bit and then now i think it's it's come full circle it's it's funny again so hopefully you'll also find it funny in a weird <laughs> way although you don't have to live with it every day so <laughs> no, you can you can choose to <laughs> fun fact about the music video it was the most viewed video on YouTube at the time. Oh, been. yeah. It was the most viewed video within 24 hours. It might also be their most viewed video. I think I've heard that somewhere. The dance practice or the actual music video? The music video. Unfortunately. It's because the dance practice is new. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh out. <laughs> We've never seen it before. Right. Should we talk about some of the other performances? So yes. I linked the uh, iHeartRadio Jingle Bell Ball where they wore the white and black suits. And they did the performance with Halsey. In some of the interviews that you've seen with Halsey, she said learning the choreo was really hard and the boys were really patient with her. I think they've got a beautiful relationship with Halsey. It's it's really sweet. You see the 
there's the clip of Halsey and Aram's handshake. And there was um, a photo that she posted a couple of months ago for Sugar's birthday where he holds her baby. And that was very sweet as well. And she went to the Grammys but only stayed for their performance because she was yeah. fresh out of surgery. And um, then also I think she came to the LA shows, I think it was. Yeah, and she sat there with her army bomb and it was really cute. Didn't they perform Boy With Love on Britain's Got Talent? I'm pretty sure they did because I can remember my dad recording it. It's just come to me right now. That's a cute moment. Looking it up now, they're all wearing these like pastel suit things. Yeah, it was when they'd arrived in the UK to do Wembley. Yeah. And then there's a really silly performance that we'll link as well, which is um, at an awards show where Jane and Tay perform it in a really low voice and it's just really silly. Yeah, that's silly. Right, okay, are we done with Boy With Love? Yes. Yes, nice. Okay, shall we talk about Microcosmos? Yes. Yes. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Microcosmos, that's one of mine. Microcosmos was written by RM Sugar J-Hope, and then there's loads of American and or Canadian writers on this. And there is a music engineer who is the personal recording engineer to Beyonce. Is that DJ Swivel? Mm-hmm. It was produced by Arcades. Microcosmos is the Greek name for microcosm, and the Korean name for it is Suuju, which is spelt in the same way as the logo for the 2021 master, which they sort of spelt out in English as English as Suuju, which means small universe. The microcosm is a long-standing theory that says that the human being is a microcosm, which reflects the macrocosm. So the macrocosm is the cosmos, the whole world and universe and everything that is. And the microcosm is the inner world that reflects the outer world. If you see your inner self in this way as reflecting the whole world and the universe, you will get an understanding of a huge space full of complexity and diversity within yourself. And realizing that you have all of this complexity inside you is also an important step towards individuation. The lyrics of this one are really beautiful. I really love the lyrics of my cosmos. The first line I wrote down is Tay's one where he says, we're shining brightly in our own rooms and our own stars. So through Young, the psychoanalyst, he dreamt of the self and the microcosm as a star. So you'll see it throughout the song. They sort of refer to Mm -hmm. the stars and each person being a star and everything like that. So that's also inspired by the theory. And then they come in with the sort of pre-chorus that the rap lion sings. Uh, which is some lights are ambitious, some lights are wandering. Each person's light is a precious one. In the dark night, don't be lonely. Like all stars we shine, don't disappear because our existence is a big one. Let us shine. And then, yeah, all of the tears come out. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this because you talked about crying. I, I cry a lot at this. Like, my Christmas. Yeah, um, it's when I was watching the performances, I was bawling, honestly. I'm I'm fine. I'm like, I'm just a big crier. That's she cries yeah. all the time. Yeah. I get moved very easily. I cried at Camp Rock when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> this gives you an idea of the levels. But yeah, Microcosmos is the first like BTS song. And when I watch even the performances, I'm always like, this is so beautiful. But yeah, anyway. I remember um, you telling me really early on. You remember because I started my BTS for Beginners playlist, playlist when yeah. I just got into it. So I had just the English songs. Mm. And Boy With Love, maybe 
not today, maybe mic drop. And you're like, I can't wait until you get to Microcosmos and Magic Sharp. And then when I first like, listened to Microcosmos and I read the lyrics, and I was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant song. I remember the first time I listened to it, I was just at the tu- on the tube on my way to work, I think. And I, it came on and the sort of, you know, the start of it when it goes, like, it's mm-hmm. sort of quite buildy at the start and it has I don't know how what the instruments are but anyway and I remember just thinking wow what's this song like this song is amazing <laughs> so even without knowing like anything about the lyrics I was just like wow this song's special so uh it's special so yeah but anyway back to the lyrics mm-hmm. um <laughs> the chorus obviously is you got me I dream when I'm looking at you I got you inside the pitch black night. We saw each other's light. We were saying the same things. The starlight that shines more in the darkest night. Jesus. Which is that bit's about army, I think. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't shout yeah. <laughs> those two English lines. Yeah, you got to me. It is, I got you. He's yeah. not, not someone I no. No. Yeah. I just love them. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You have got me and I have got you. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and we see each other's lights, each other's individualism and each other's journey is what I wrote about that line. Aram does his little bit where he sings one history in one person, one star in one person, seven billion different worlds shining with seven billion lights. And obviously it's about each of us being our own light and our own world and our own star. Because there's seven billion people on the planet. Exactly. I think few most people know that. Also super ambitious to be like every person on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He loves the people he does. That he doesn't even know. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. He loved me before I was army. Exactly. He's like Jesus. (laughs) He's like Jesus. Now I'm Jesus. Now I'm Jesus. Now I'm Jesus. That's the thing. Um, Sugar's bit sort of alludes to how, you know, the he says seven billion lives, the city's night view is possibly enough. Another city's night, our own dreams, let us shine. Your light shines brighter than anyone else's. So you get sort of an idea of the microcosm. And this is a global and universal idea. So it's sort of the each society is reflected in other societies as well. The bridge likens the city stars and lights to the stars he looked up to when he was young. I don't know exactly who sings this bit, but it recalls RM's UN speech when he talks about looking up at the sky as a boy and dreaming his own dreams. But then he, when he was nine or ten, he started worrying about what other people thought of him and tried Aww. to fit in with their expectations and their molds and their thoughts on sort of what he should be. So he took on the persona. Um, and he says, I stopped looking up at the stars at night. I stopped daydreaming. I tried to jam myself into molds that other people made. Through this quote, he likens the stars to his real self. Oh. And when he stopped looking at the stars, he was no longer his own person with his own dreams. And then at the end, but they obviously sing the Shine Dream Smile bit, which I've seen loads of people get tattooed, which mm-hmm. is really, really lovely. And it goes Shine Dream Smile. Oh, let us light up the night. We shine in our own ways. We shine just the way we are tonight. So, yeah, we've all got to the place where we can sort of shine just the way we are. We can shine us ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's obviously about, I think, both the concept of the self as the star, but also about the concept of the collective unconscious right where mm-hmm. you have the the bigger meaning that we're all sort of linked to um and it also relates to the themes that they brought up in in boy with love which is that sort of the secret significance and the seemingly insignificant within anyone is sort of what makes them special and what makes their star their ordinary is extraordinary exactly yeah 
my initial thoughts were that the song sounds sad and sentimental and it's like without knowing what it means you clearly think like this is for army i think i can't remember which um part it is i don't know if it's the first one or second one that rm's like rap part you can kind of i think it's rm harmonizing with himself oh interesting and it's really good i've also seen like like performance videos written jk is harmonizing with him yeah, I think when JK harmonises with RM, you get a really beautiful sound. Yeah. Um, you get that in Path, I think. From what we saw of the V-Live, RM said that he wrote it for concerts, which is really beautiful. To get to that point where they want to end on something that's sort of happy and light and vibrant and mm. on a very non-meta level yeah <laughs> um, you've got the lights which are the army bombs that just sway back and forth i think they usually tell people to put the army bombs away and just shine their phone lights shine right? their like, phone lights yeah so uh, that will like last song at concert we they do all the fireworks yeah they oh, have yeah. the fireworks at the end yeah it's perfect for ending the concerts i think yeah definitely you just be crying the whole way mm. he doesn't have any choreo with it because they're always like watching and like looking out at the crowd yeah and i know whenever i hear it my arm automatically just starts <laughs> waving um i think one of the lyrics that you didn't touch on that i had which fits within the concert mm. is perhaps the reason this night looks so beautiful is not because of these stars or lights. Oh, yeah. But us. I think it's just really poignant in the the beauty shining through the the darkness, I think, just Mm. really resonates. It's a brilliant song. I think it was from the Mamas when they did the whole, the performance in the stadium and they sort of stand in front of this, like, square screen. But Mm -hmm. then when they sort of lift the screen up, they have all the, like, I love you in different languages on the screen. Including Norwegian. Yeah, including Norwegian. Norwegian's quite, it's quite big and it's, like, right in the front and I'm very proud. Um, But then they sort of managed to, like, fill the whole arena with all these, like, clouds, light things. And I don't have any idea how it works, but it looks magical. It's like, it's almost like clouds and then the light's peeking through the clouds, but obviously it's still inside. Yeah, it's it's like the universe within an arena and it's not like on screens, it's like in the air. I don't know whether they had like, I was at Disneyland once and they had this fountain and they sort of managed to display video on the water in the fountain. So maybe it's something like that, but with like fog or whatever. I think it's a really good one. I think the only other one is where they have the one where they make the world. Yeah. It's always about the lights coming together. That's really all. well done. Yeah, and that links to the song, right? That our lights come together and oh, you're gosh. the light and I'm the light and then we're together. Oh. <laughs> and Tasha, anything how you want to say? Seen, yeah. How has it seen it live? Emotional. I think now listening to it, like listening to it back for this podcast, I was just like pretty much in tears. Also, it's very nice because obviously 2019, before the big C, we got to do that. I got to go to Korea. That will live in my best BTS life in 2019. <laughs> 2019 was a good year for yeah. Natasha's army life. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> we should talk about the, the muster performance of Merry Christmas, which is very silly. Where they're all wearing the dumb hats. Yeah. And Jin's got his hair in a top pony. I was laughing so much. And the other boys are wearing, like, parrot hats, which yeah. you think would be the most ridiculous thing mm. happening on the stage. No, but it's not. Not today. <laughs> not today. It's gin, fashioning, baby hair. Yeah. It's, oh, I, 
Jen must always I'm be not the most it. ridiculous in the uh, encore, obviously. The, just the funniest thing. Yeah. I still smile about it now. Yeah. I think about Jen in the baby hair all the time. It yeah. brings me real joy. Maybe that's what the antidote to feeling sad about Microcosmos is Jen in the baby hair. Maybe he just didn't want people to cry. <laughs> I wasn't crying. I was laughing. Yeah. But anyway, shall we call it there for Microcosmos? We'll end on Jen's baby hair. We love you, Microcosmos. Next song we're going to do is Make It Right. I did this one as well. So this one was written by Ed Sheeran um, and some other English writers. Were they? they all had the last name Gibson, as in there were three or four other writers and like three of them were called Gibson. Um, what a cool family of writers. I know. RM Sugar J-Hope and is produced by F. Gibson. Oh. So- <laughs> Father Gibson. <laughs> So yeah, um, thank you to them. So it's their first Ed Sheeran collab. Permission to Dance was another one yeah. he wrote for them. It was a banger. He insisted that they keep the English lyrics in the chorus, according to RM and his V-Live. Um, he didn't insist that they kept them in English. He insisted that they kept the lyrics. And RM then decided that they should keep them in English because oh. Ed had requested that. So they could have changed them into Korean. Wow, well, okay. Um, I thought, thought that he'd said that he wanted them to sing it in English, but no. yeah. So they translated some of it. He just wanted the that bit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think from reading this and from researching it, I think there's four ways you can understand this song. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so one, it's a romantic song. Two, it's a song for ARMY, which RM obviously said it was. And mm-hmm. be Three, it's a song about the universe story. Okay. Four, it's about finding your soul and the whole individuation thing. So one and two can be the same, like boy with love. I'm gonna argue that all four can be the same. Oh, um, <laughs> that <laughs> all four can be true <laughs> uh, in the same song. So this is on another level, guys. The first line is uh, Tay says, sings it, and he says, "The moment I noticed myself, I had to leave. I had to find out all day and night." Which obviously he's talking about finding himself here. Yes. And then Jimin comes in and says, across this desert and sea, so here we have the desert and sea again, I wondered. So they're on this journey. And on the other podcast, they sort of talked about this journey being towards self-discovery. So Mm -hmm. that could be a thing. Then in the chorus, they say, I can make it better. I can hold you tighter on that long road. You're the lie. And then in the post-chorus, they go, the eternal night with no end in sight. It's you who gifted me the morning. So... All the roads sort of lead to this you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's I can make it better, I can hold a tighter bit. That sort of alludes to it being about a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they're on the long road and you're the light. But all the roads lead to you. And the you is seen as this big enlightenment that they're all sort of seeking, the the finding of the soul. And then in the next verse, Hobie's line comes in and says... I became a hero in this world. Mm-hmm. And he sort of talks about his position. The He talks about the loud screams, the gold microphone. But all of this is reaching you. It's the answer to my journey. I'm singing to find you. So if you imagine you as the soul and you're going through the journey of individuation and achieving self-love, you're sort of doing that through your passions, mm-hmm. like through exploring this thing that you're passionate about. And obviously, I'm not trying to say that he became an artist to, in order to go through individuation. But like, <laughs> it was not part of his following his dream and his, uh, his destiny. And that's a big part of this whole theory. You go through individuation both to achieve self-love, but also like to find this like destiny that you're meant to achieve in the world. And mm. they say like everyone will find their destiny eventually. 
but then also this line about all of this is about reaching you so uh, using the microphone and everything could also be about army yeah Um, the follow-up of that is all those roads are pointing to you mm -hmm. everything was useless other than you just touch me like that yeah exactly she's very much that's Toby talking to me yeah it can be a romantic but it can be about army Yeah, yeah me well, yeah, you as army. as his romantic partner and does army. Right. Same thing. Sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> RM has this line that says, "Your fragrance still penetrates and breaks me down," which also I think sounds very romantic. And then he says, "Now I'm spreading open the map vault you," um, mm. which I think is the clearest reference to this being about the soul, because obviously yeah. the album is the map of the soul. Yeah. And the map called you is their internal map. Yeah. Exactly. And the uh, the you then becomes the soul. So whenever they say, I'm on the road to you, or the light, the light is you, or the roads lead to you, blah, 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 they're on the journey to find the soul. And then Sugar's verse comes in after the second chorus, and he says, the reason that I survived in hell is for you, it was not for me. If you know, don't hesitate, please save my life. And wow. that bit, I think, sounds like it's about army. So mm-hmm. he sort of suffered, and he goes through the sort of, the bits that he's talked about, about his sort of mental state, but also like the trials and tribulations that comes with like being a trainee and being an idol and all Mm -hmm. that sort of the hard work that he's had to do and he does that for army Mm -hmm. but i guess it also could be about the the struggle to find your soul Mm -hmm. and it could also be about you know finding your true love and all that sort of stuff (laughs) your fear is really stacking up here it's about all the things it is about all the things and then he says i'm thirsty wandering this desert without you i know the sea without you is the same as the desert and obviously, where do we know this allegory? Yeah, they love this one. I've heard, I've heard this sentence before. Yeah. Weirdly, it was called The Sea. In the song called The Sea, they also <laughs> talked about the desert and the sea. Oh, my gosh. Um, we should have, like, a The Sea bell. Yeah. Because, like, whenever it's referenced, we go, like, ding, ding, that's another one to The Sea another bell. One. Yeah. Um, and I guess, again, it could be about a love that he's lost and he misses. It could be about his time apart from Army. It mm-hmm. could be about the time when he's not found his soul yet. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to talk about the universe story separately because I don't really think we can see that through the lyrics in the same way. But in the other podcast, this guy, Dr. Stein, he made the point that a song could absolutely both be about a lover and your soul. Mm-hmm. Because as we sort of talked about, in the bit where we talked about how this is about self-love you see especially when you're young and you're sort of in your early relationships you would see yourself and your soul through the person that you're with Mm -hmm. and how they love you yeah the best of me concept yeah exactly so once they're saying sort of oh I can make it right I can make it better I can get back to you and all that to find you again they're both talking about the lover and, and the, the soul. soul. So you can, ding, get ding, se- ding. you can get separated from like your true self. But yeah. Get back to it by by having healing time. Exactly. Mm. So really you could both find this self-love again, maybe by finding the lover again, but then obviously that we know that that's not the true self-love. It's temporary. So really what you need to do is go through the map of the soul and find the soul and then be able to have that feeling of being with your soul mm. on your own. Brilliant. Yes, very, very brilliant. The second oh. chorus, I think that's the one that you mentioned, where they say all the roads are pointing to you. Mm-hmm. And then they say, just touch me like that time, which is something <laughs> romantic. Cheeky. <laughs> yeah. That kind of signifies that there is one other person there, not 
an army and not well maybe there's an army but we can hope but they uh that there's a person there basically (laughs) so yeah have you got any thoughts at this stage natasha i didn't really get any like destiny vibes yeah (laughs) it was a good song (laughs) i didn't look into it i just listened to it yeah then there's a bit about the universe story which i hadn't thought about but when I read it online, I think it was in the Genius lyrics, it said the uh, title of the song seems to refer to Suk Jin's monologue at the beginning of the 2017 Love Yourself highlight reel. He says, if we could turn back the clock, where should we go back to? Once we reach that place, can all our mistakes and errors be undone? Will happiness be ours forever? So obviously the title, Make It Right, and refers we- to, and I'm going to spoiler you the universe story <gasps> no i thought we'd agreed you wouldn't but you can... okay wait i'm gonna cover my ears you can cover your ears if you really want to so when they talk about the eternal night and you gifted me the morning it seems like this whole song make it right is about how jen keeps going back in time unsuccessfully trying to save the members and he tries and tries to make the members choose differently and avoid these sort of deaths that they all suffer and their speculation the characters that the members portray in the universe story sort of need to go on this individuation journey to love themselves find themselves understand themselves etc in order to be saved so Jin can't actually go back and make it right for them they need to sort of do that on their own so Jin can keep saving them but they make the same mistakes in the I Need You music video, the members are haunted by their fate. After every failed attempt, Sokjin re-wakes to the same morning to try save the people he cares about. Yeah, and after each attempt that he makes, he wakes up again and it's the morning and he lives the days again and that's the, the theory on the universe. And the only thing I've got is that, again, this is one of those songs where yeah. They're not about a fight between a boyfriend and a, a girlfriend, and a girlfriend yeah. or two partners who have then had a fight and then they've come back to try and like reconcile. It's not an apology song. Yeah. It's, it's not that at all. It's really like a good point because we're not really sure what they're trying to make right. That makes sense in the universe story okay. interpretation. But other than that, what are they making mm. right? They're, have they lost their relationship with the lover? Or with them? themselves. Or with themselves. Um, yeah do performances right so there's an mv for this uh, as in a music video for this song it's the lao version though but um yeah it doesn't have lao in it it just has these sort of weird cartoon characters that sort of there's a boy and a girl and then the boy travels and then they finds the girl again and then there's loads of like clips of them from the love yourself tour basically it's really great yeah and the animation's really beautiful i really liked when at the end when the girl turns into a blanket Oh and yeah, then he wraps the blanket around himself, which is where I didn't think it was a romantic relationship. I thought it was an army relationship, but it could also be about the soul. <laughs> I just really believe in the soul. When I first saw the music video, I thought the little animated male character looked a lot like V. Yeah. So this music video came out while we were at college, so I were on like a computer for the most part of it. So me and my friend sat together and watched it while the teacher was like doing his thing. It's from the concert that me and my friend went to, and Leanne as well. Um, and we were literally sat there like doing frame by frame to see if we were in it, internally screaming. We were like, oh my God, oh my God. 
Should we talk about the other performances? There's one that I linked, which I've called the sultry eye contact mm. performance from M Countdown. When, where they all wear these jeans and sort of light tops. I would love Hobby's blue jumper. Yeah. Hobby rocks some really great looks. <laughs> he does. He looks great in that. Um, so that's a different ring, isn't it? Because you want the jumper. Yeah. And I want Hobie in the jumper. Well, I'd also have Hobie I want in the jumper. the jumper. I, I really also, like, if I could buy the jumper, that'd be great. If I could have Hobie in the jumper, that would be, like, a million times better, obviously. 100%, yes. And yeah. that's the one where they look direct at the camera, right? I yeah. had to look away because JK was giving me the sex eyes too much. Yeah. No. Jin does the sex eyes as well. I had to look he away does, then. yeah. I very so rarely get the sex eyes from, from Jin. Jin. Yeah. It's usually the Tay and JK do the sexy eyes. And I also wrote that Sugar has these massive drapey blue sleeves and they look nice. And his hair also looks really good. It's got this like common parting and it's still the like lilac thing and it like it's it's pretty. I like it a lot. And then I linked the iHeartRadio 2020 performance, which is the one where they all like really committed to the 70s dynamite mm-hmm. style. And Tay has the most amazing pattern Gucci trousers. I wrote about that one. And yeah. everyone has their dynamite hair. So yeah. that's fun. June's got the blue hair. Good day. Mm-hmm. And they do a bit of choreo on the crosswalk. Yeah, they do. Beautiful dance break. And it's all hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame about some of the outfits. Yeah. I like the outfits. We could do about Jin's necktie. As always, I hate the ties. Hobie's cardigan's gorgeous, though. Yeah. No, I really like the outfits. And then there's the Love Yourself Soul encore, just because I wanted to include a Love Yourself concert mm-hmm. of this one, which I think just, I put encore, it looks pretty. It's like they do it in the dark. A lot of headbands and it has a hat on. JK's got semi-long hair. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, he does. I do love the hair on JK. Yeah. Shall we move on to home? Natasha, you did this one, so please take us away. The next song is Home, which is produced by P-Dog and written by RM, Sugar, J-Hope, Random Americans and Adora. The R&B track expresses how BTS fans are a home to BTS and ARMY are the ones they turn to when they're tired and lonely, which is very, very warming to the heart. I'll talk about some of the lyrics. First lyric is, it's um, in this excitement that's driving me crazy. I wasn't able to greet you. When Jimin and RM joins on that lyric, it intensifies the meaning. The lyric implies that as K-pop idols, they are unable to find time for the loved ones. Even though their job is exciting, it affects massively unlike loved ones which could mean home to them. Army is home, but also real deep down home is family. Is it very conflicting meanings? Yeah, it could be both. It could be be both. It could be both. What I sort of wrote about it was like that opening line in in the chorus, and I think it comes up a little bit later when they talk about sort of how they left home to become trainees and then they found home in Army. Ah. So they left home to find home. That's what I got from it anyway. But yes, you're right, it's conflicting. Mm. The next lyric that I was going to say, the whole world is my home. BTS is a worldwide group, so their home is their fans. Their fans are all around the world. So it's kind of saying that they like feel comfort 
no matter where they are because they always remember that they've got army. Mm-hmm. Next lyric would be a very common reference. I saw the ocean, yeah, before I opened this door, which is a reference to C, the hidden track. And then in chorus, there's a line that's, this place is probably Mikasa. They're saying it in a different language, showing the like internationality, is if that's the word, of BTS and the fans. Yeah. It's showing that they have international fans, right? So they have a song that goes in, in three languages. Yeah, yeah. Globalization. The lyric suggests that home is different to everyone, so it could be a person, a place, a song, an idea. The last lyric that I analysed is, even if we have what I wanted in my dreams, big house, big cars, big rings, the unfamiliar feeling of missing something for someone who has accomplished everything, which is a line repeated from No More Dream. Yeah. Youngie throwback. This lyric, it shown that like in 2019 they have these materialistic things but there's a sense of emptiness that a possession can't really fulfill yeah exactly i mean they talk about it through the song right being like the loneliness i sort of read it as being lonely after doing concerts Mm -hmm. because i've heard them talk about how after you sort of do a, a concert where you have all these people like screaming at you you can sort of feel this like crushing woman in this after <clears throat> after the adrenaline it's from outro her after being with army they have this sort of uh, loneliness and hope he actually says in his in his verse he says i still feel strange as i close my eyes inside my blanket i feel poor in this wonderful place as in like he's got a lovely lovely house i'm sure or he might be staying in a lovely hotel but he's just feels strange about it it's the loneliness and the strangeness of like not being in this big space with army i think Sugar follows it up and he says his first line is very poor. So he feels very poor in the wonderful mm. place. Um, and then he obviously makes the reference to big house, big cars, big ring that Natasha mentioned. And he still feels empty. But then he says, but I go out the door since I know I have something to return to. Oh, <laughs> that's us. And then Jin says, you knew me when I had nothing else. I could smile at the thought of you. The place where you are is probably Mikasa. So, yeah. The only line I've sort of pulled out that you've not already mentioned is the one day will you open the door for me when the doorbell rings three times so that I could give the parting words that I did not finish I'll tell you then which I just thought was really beautiful I mean that the the metaphor of the ding 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 yeah now whenever the doorbell rings three times I'll be assuming it's Jimin yes we don't have to say please open the door we shall just open it really beautiful yeah <laughs> i really hope that's how he does it if he ever comes to knock on the door i want him to say excuse me and then you know she yeah. do whatever he wants <laughs> we love what we love so yeah and i thought the the line that he says about the parting words that i wasn't able to say it sort of links back to the first part of the song where he says i wasn't able to i wasn't even able to greet you mm-hmm. which like natasha said it definitely could be about their own families and like how they don't really get to spend time with them but um I think sometimes as well they've sort of talked about not being able to sort of spend the the time with army that they want and like because of the mobs but because of the mobs and like also yeah the time that they've sort of put into the performances and albums and stuff like that 
and then at the end chorus they go long time no see Mikasa I came back hi Mikasa I thought that was cute so yeah I think it's a deep song at the same time like it's one that makes me feel really warm inside it is very comforting and very like deep in that way but it probably isn't about the soul on the other podcast they talked about sort of references to sort of going and coming back maybe can refer to this sort of discover yeah the discovery and the journey that you go on and then I guess it could also be about how on the journey you use love from others to love yourself not that that's a bad thing but they talk about this sort of love from army being one that they really appreciate and one that sort of makes them feel at home and makes them feel comfortable and they sort of use that love that we give them to love themselves oh we know that yeah I actually remembered when I sort of researched this there's a clip of Jungkook and Tae in the soup. Tae talks about how during lockdown he sort of started doubting whether he was someone who was really loved because he didn't get to see the fans. Yeah and yeah that sort of came back in my mind when I sort of heard this thing about how you sort of love yourself through love from others. Mm. I guess there's worries there that interestingly uh, there's worries there that you may never be able to talk again or never be able to yeah. concert so you may never get to refeel that that feeling yeah exactly yeah, you may never get that back yeah and it could also be about you know the love that they feel in concerts and like mm. how that sort of I guess is such a rush but also they must just you know I mean when you have like however many thousand people screaming at you like oh man we love you so much like <laughs> that must be really powerful and like must be great yeah um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I guess the conclusion, if you want to see it this way, is that the love from Army, which gives them comfort and makes them feel like home, is helpful on their journey towards true self-love. So, performances. Yeah. The first performance is KBS World 2019. Most people might know this video where um, I think it's V knocks over a water bottle and RM does not um. look impressed. Mm-hmm. So it's that one. They're all in pajamas kind of mm-hmm. it's a really good performance actually they all seem very enthusiastic to be there yeah and the set is all filled with like home stuff right little take up sofa bounds yeah and then we uh, looked at the one they did on jimmy fallon mm-hmm. which was like a virtual one where obviously they weren't on the show because it was in 2020 but i think jimmy fallon did like a bts week on his show he did um rm has shorts yes yes (laughs) and he's got the lover he does he does have the lover jumper Mm -hmm. yay and they have the pajamas and the robes and everything all the like loungewear sugar's never in loungewear but he um he looks cool when they film him from underneath because there's like glass stairs on this Mm. performance and they sort of film from underneath the glass at one point and that's great it's a bit of a weird story in this one so they're in like walking around the house having a lovely time and then all of a sudden they all go into this big blue moving bedroom with like mm. flashing lights and stuff and I, yeah I don't know and what's happening like, there to be honest yeah it, it's a weird one I actually follow on Instagram they're like um the videographer he like does behind the scenes on his story so it was cool to see like the whole huge production in like one big warehouse that they like produced just for that one thing and it shows like the immense like thought that's behind it and how they like really care about every little detail and 
is really good. Like yeah mm. it's very like a massive production just for like jimmy fallon not no shade to jimmy fallon i think he's one of the better talk show hosts when he deals with them but uh they've put a lot of effort into this clip so yeah one to watch definitely and then at the end i thought maybe it was like different representations of like the way that they were with the army because there's after this big blue room which i don't know what that means but there's this scene where they sort of run around in a kitchen with like chaotic baking and flashing lights. So that's Ron. That's Ron, exactly. And then at the end, there's the confetti and they're jumping on the couch and that means the concerts, they're mm-hmm. at home at the concerts. Nice. So, but again, yeah, the blue room is a mystery. So if you have a theory on what the blue room could mean, <laughs> please do write in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the last one we looked at was the 2019, is it Lottie or Lottie? I don't know. Anyway, it's like a duty-free company, I think. And it's a family concert. And they're all in these like cute suits. Mm. They're like black, but they have some sort of flower thing on them. Yeah, they're very nice. Yeah. Jin's got a tie. He just looks Diamond like he's going to a pin. business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, does. he looks smart in World War Hunter. I think you like this one that you and Natasha. When I was looking for like performance videos, it like popped up and I was like, oh, JK, I like his hair. I like, the, like his suit. And then I was like, oh my God. And then, like, scrolling right rapidly just to try and like, find <laughs> these pictures that have both been like lock and home screens. They're just gorgeous pictures. Yeah. And he's got this like sparkly blazer on Jungkook. Very handsome. I'm a fan. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Jamie Vu. Produced by Our Kids, Bad Milk, and Marcus McCohen, and written by RM, J Hope, and Hitman Bag. And it's a subunit. Consisting of JK, Sukjin, and Hosok, which I actually didn't know it were a sub unit. I have never realised that like there's no one else in it. But I guess mm. it's kind of because you've got like your vocals and your rap. Yeah. The phrase Jamie Vu comes from a psychological phenomenon um, of when an individual is doing something they're familiar with, but it seems foreign to them. This is the opposite of deja vu. Jemevu is often associated with reading common words or seeing people you know and momentarily not recognising them. The idea of not remembering familiar things has been prevalent throughout BTS's ongoing storyline. Most recently, in their Save Me web tune, the story follows Sukjin repeatedly reliving the same day in an attempt to change the fate of his friends. So the... First lyric that I have is, it'd be better if it was a game because it hurts so much. I need to heal my medic. I'm another star, which is a reference to a game that is very popular in South Korea called Starcraft. In the series, medics can heal other units but can't attack, which makes them more vulnerable on the battlefield. Yeah, the character in the game has reached a dead end and so has the person in the song right mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah yeah and all i wanted was to do well i wanted to make you smile damn is mirrored lyrics from two three it encourages army to forget about the sad memories and to hope for better days in this verse j-hope thanks army for believing in him even though he feels though he is lacking the theme is then continued into this song shame vu which he discusses feeling imperfect again. So it's like another loop and cycle 
yeah, they express one thing and then it pops up again. The all I wanted to do was do well. I wanted to make you smile reminded me of his rap in Boy With Love as well. The yeah. concept of like wanting really simple things. For yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that you yeah. care about and love. Mm-hmm. Um, it highlights how he strives to perfection and he wishes to make Army happy. And then I become afraid of every word. My Jimmy Vu. Again, I try to escape as always, but still you always grab me even as my shadow grows. This is the one of the earliest mentions of the shadow theme through J-Hope's confessions that he is afraid of his actions and his lyrics. In a case, they all know meaning and he don't want to like lose his passion for music. He's also saying that him and the members rely on each other for emotional support when they feel afraid or inspired and that they are a remedy to each of his insecurities. And then run and run again, stumble again, which is taken from the previous song, Run, which is like linking back that this song is familiar because it's their old song. Mm -hmm. Please give me a remedy. So is this success I came back a remedy that will make my heart beat again I'll concentrate on researching you no matter what falling stumbling what should I do now this familiar pain seizes on me again save me it's not easy this time either please give me another chance I am giving up no no never I won't give up this is a connection to the universe so Jin saving his friends and whenever he fails to save someone on the 11th of April, his day repeats, he repeats multiple times to the point that he feels hopeless and de- uh, but still determined. And the last bit is, Sokjin does not realise that he is not the one to save every single one of his friends, causing him to fail. Yeah. So uh, there's a line that Jin says where he says, I tell myself I'm used to this, but it always hurts like it's the first time. Mm -hmm. So what they sort of took out of this on the other podcast was that it's about sort of repetition and repeating the same mistakes. So the sort of the journey towards yourself is not like a continuous thing, right? You will have your struggles and you will make mistakes on that journey. And you might find that it seems like a bit of a repetitive cycle where you sort of it's not like a once you've achieved individuation you have it forever type of thing you have to like keep coming back to it after he says about my shadow grows larger he says my life and you are the equal sign so my life and my soul are the same my life is finding my soul got it yeah whereas I thought my life and you was like BTS is army army is BTS we are one could not exist without the other but it can be both can, it can be both. I'm, I'm taking the theme. I, I think, it, again, it's one that RM said it was about ARMY, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. You know, Natasha mentioned about the about the game that they're referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very elegant metaphor because I think JK sort of mentions about it in, at the start. Like, oh, if this was a game, I could just sort of reload as if nothing happened. But in this... I think he says, I, I think I got to deal with this. This real is real world. life. Yeah. yeah, this is the real world. In games, you sort of repeat and repeat and repeat so you get it right. And that's also mm. uh, what's happening here. 
you can recognize your patterns, you can break the patterns and achieve personal growth. And um, he apologizes for not being perfect, but actually being conscious of not being perfect is like being conscious of the shadow and, and the sort of complexes within yourself. The producer, Akids, he said that when like the name was announced, that they had to like like research it and that they were like blown away by the concept and how everything worked and fit together perfectly. So like mm-hmm. even like the people that produced the song are like even blown away by BTS. Yeah. Shall we talk about performances? Yeah. I could only really find one, which is the weird drawn stairs from the Bang Bang Con. If you watch it, they come out of one door and then just take the same like route to go up the stairs, down the stairs. Exactly. They're going in circles, repeating the same patterns. Obviously, that's what they're getting at. Yes. And it's lifeless, right? There's no colour there. Yeah. Like a, you could be in your home, but if your home looked like that, it probably wouldn't feel very familiar because mm-hmm. it's just white walls. So yeah, the outfits are cool. They wear some grey jeans and like some blue shirt type things. We really like Hobie's sad wraps. I mean, you really feel that emotion. Yeah, and I wrote that just sort of sonically. The bit at the end where they all sort of do the uh, Jin and Jungkook sing the the end chorus and they go like oh about the remedy and stuff and then uh, Hobie does his little like Sandra behind them where he sort of cuts it in and that's great it's like harmony in every everywhere but like sad harmony it's really beautiful yeah Jin does a good job with his emotional singing I thought as well because he's good at that he's good at conveying the emotion is Jin and then we had the clip of the marry me marry me marry me yeah I think it was a V live wasn't it where they sort of we're talking about how all the comments said marry me and then all of a sudden RM and JK at the same time shut up. Marry me. Marry they sing me. it like that. In yeah. The, they say marry me in the remedy. Marry yeah. Me. And then JK's like, wow, you're such a great singer. And we knew that already. <laughs> we did know that already. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last song. Last song of the night we are doing uh, Dionysus. It was written by RM Sugar J-Hope, P-Dog, Hitman Bang, Supreme Boy and Roman Campolo. And then it was produced by P-Dog. So it's a song referring to Dionysus, who is the uh, Greek god of fruitfulness and vegetation. especially, And he was especially known as the god of wine and ecstasy. And I think he's also a god of the arts. He's linked to fertility, feasts and wine. And his Roman name is Bacchus, which uh, is where the, the word Bacchanalia comes from, which sort of refers to lavish, drunken celebrations filled with food, wine, grapes, etc. And Dionysus, he was a foreign god, so he came in from the north and he invaded and disrupted the life of the people there. So he was someone who came in and sort of shook things up. The song starts with this really amazing call-response section Mm -hmm. where uh, Tay and Jen sing the sort of drink it up while Hobie shouts in the background. He goes like, cheers and sipping and arms linked, tiffin' and then... D-Style, which is my favorite one, <laughs> and Theorsis. I'm going to commit to the way of pronouncing this word as Theorsis. The Theorsis is a wooden staff that was associated with Dionysus, and it was covered with ivy leaves mm-hmm. uh, and vines. RM sort of raps about ivy and rough trees that become mm-hmm. a mic, so the Theorsis becomes the mic. 
which is why they bring up all the time. And he wields around that staff. He, he does, yeah, in, in the, the performance. performances. Yeah, he has the big sort of staff. Different from the pimp stick. <laughs> we are bulletproof. <laughs> it looks like a pimp stick, but it's not. It's not. It's the really elevated, like Greek mythology version, and it's actually a mic, um, and it represents fertility. So maybe it's actually kind of like the pimp stick. Yeah. Maybe that's where the pimp stick comes from. <laughs> maybe this is the origins of pimp stick. This is what BTS does to you. You see all these weird links and all the weird scenarios. Where it says like. There's this, and then gripping the grape. I've got the uh, the Korean word for grape also is a metaphor for empty seats at a concert. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that too, actually. So they could be talking about how there are not empty seats at their concerts, oh, basically. Flexing. Very much flexing. So Aram comes in and he sets the scene for the song where he says, Just get drunk like Dionysus, cheers with one hand, Thyrsus in the other. He's talking about the sparkling masterpiece in transparent crystals. So he's talking about the alcohol that's in his crystal glass as the art and art and alcohol. They're quite similar in Korean. Mm-hmm. So he's saying yeso, which means art, is also soul, which means alcohol. Oh, right. So, okay. So yeah, they're comparing the art to the alcohol, basically. And then he says, let's get reborn which is linked to Dionysus because according to mythology, he's known as the god that was born twice. And then uh, Terry comes in and goes, get drunk, get drunk, get drunk, get drunk, the crazy artist. <laughs> That's in the chorus. So I think what they're talking about here is sort of a creative release, right? So they're talking about sort of alcohol and the art having this interlinking relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists were known to indulge in the alcohol. But they're also sort of saying that you can get drunk on art. Yeah, that's how I read it, as in, like, consume, 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 consume. Keep yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah, until yeah. you're yeah. overwhelmed and you can't necessarily There's both of these. feel or enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's sort of a little bit about sort of celebrating the party. Like, a moment of release can be good for your creativity and can be good for the art that you produce. But also, the art in itself can be intoxicating. In the second verse, they talk about the screams when they step on stage, mm-hmm. uh, the low note that fills the studio, and then Hobby does it when the night comes mumble, mumble, mumble. <laughs> when the night comes tumble, tumble, tumble. The bass goes to like dum, 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 dum. So I think that this sort of likens the drunkenness and the the party that they're talking about here because they're talking about drinking and partying to like the performing and the being in the Mm -hmm. studio getting high on the adrenaline yeah exactly getting high on the on the art and the performing and then we get to sugar's bit in the bridge where he raps about wherever they appear the stadium is a party so again we can sort of understand that the art is the music and the party can be the concerts he has another line that says, born a K-pop idol, reincarnated as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're talking about being reborn. And at this point in time, they are starting to be respected as artists yep. and not just performers. Although they were involved with the original with the music. music at the start, they probably just didn't, didn't get that credit, really. But now they're artists. Um, and I think the repeat of the reborn an artist actually probably throws back to era after era after era mm. you, yeah, you get the and they there. sort of reinvent themselves as artists exactly yeah 
And then he says, whether I'm an idol or an artist, what does it matter? Let's cheers. And that recalls the song Idol. He then says, art at this level is heavy drinking. Uh, the new record is the fight against oneself. And this is the song. <laughs> so we've already established that the art is like alcohol, but sugar is likening the art with heavy drinking, I think. Mm-hmm. The way I read that was about sort of how their art now has taken on this higher level, right? It's mm-hmm. about this very high-minded subject matter. Uh, and then he follows that up with the um, explanation of the new record being a fight against oneself, which I think means that it's the way to the map of the soul. Like, mm-hmm. That's what it's about, the the new record. So this one... Um, similar to earlier. Very meta. Yeah, similar to earlier, encompasses the whole theory in that one line, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The new record is the fight against oneself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he's sort of, I, I like that he's sort of showing off about treating this sort of subject matter as well. Because you wouldn't see like a Western rapper be like, yeah, yeah, my album is about. Yeah, philosophy! <laughs> yeah, that would be very strange. So he's like, look at my art. My art is at this like completely high level. When I see Phil, you see Phil, 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 Yeah, that's the new Snoop Dogg one. That's how the collab goes. <laughs> then he says, toast to this one shot, but I'm still thirsty. So despite them having reached the lofty heights, he's still ambitious and he wants more. So he's talked about that before. Obviously, he mentions the sort of wanting something still in home. He really and- wants that Grammy. <laughs> yeah he does want the Grammy I guess that could be higher that's but, literally um, the only thing he doesn't have yeah definitely so yeah then then they go into the until the sun comes up where the party at until we sleep where the party at it's described in the other podcast and I won't go into it a lot because I think we've talked about it enough but the way that we sort of mentioned about Dionysus being this sort of person who comes in and, and shakes things up he sort of saw it as one where they sort of can yeah blow off the steam of the persona trap because when you drink when you sort of let go like that you let go of your inhibitions right mm-hmm. like you uh you don't really have the persona anymore mm-hmm. the way that Dionysus sort of came into Greece and broke down all structures and sort of old patterns that the way in the same way the, the alcohol sort of lowers your inhibitions and the sort of walls that you've put up through mm. the persona so I don't know if that's the theme, but that's sort of how they read it anyway. Maybe they're partying because they found the song. <laughs> and then you're hungover. So you're back at the beginning. You've got the, you've got the hungover anxiety. Mm. Question yourself. Yes. Then you're back on the map. I guess so. You should be able to celebrate at points of self-actualization. Yeah, you could be correct there because mm. Jung actually wrote about the great need to blow off steam. And mm. without releases, you'd explode. So Dionysus comes in both in the album and in the mythology as this great loosener that sort of releases you from the persona and you might be a more creative and effrier person as a result. That's sort of what I got at the start as well when I said that the Greeks ended up integrating Dionysus into their society. So he ended up actually sharing a uh, temple with Apollo. Apollo is obviously the god of beauty and the sort mm-hmm. of the perfect one, whereas Dionysus is the the imperfect one, if we want to put it that way. Simply put, yeah. So with them having to share this temple and sort of both be part of the Greek society, I guess you could see that as an acknowledgement that the human personality has both light and dark. Wow. Yeah. 
we haven't talked about this yet, but good versus evil and sort of how both are important and both are relevant. They are brought up a lot in Wings. And it's something that RM said that he sort of contemplates a lot. She talk about performances. There's some really good ones for this one. <laughs> well, have you got any thoughts? Personally, it's just not my my vibe. That's right. <laughs> no, to be fair, though, I it wasn't like my favorite at the start. I really just didn't sort of get the the style of the song. And I was just a bit like, oh, maybe this is my skip. But mm. now... Now, I think it was right when we started watching the, when you showed me one of the performances. Yeah, the performance. yeah and now I just think it's a masterpiece. I, honestly, mm. this is one of their top songs. I think Dionysus fits at the end of the album. On Shuffle, mm. I can get like, oh, this is not right. Mm. But because you've come down from Jimmy Boo, yeah, and it's sort of, you don't, I don't want it to end. Mm. low so I always come off of like that low and then I'm like oh don't I see it yeah yeah yeah, bang let's end on a high I think it's one of those where you really do need the performance with it Mm. because from just an English perspective it can seem quite vapid it doesn't have the depth so you need the lyrics and you need the performance with it um were it the first song that were on at the concert Yes, yeah. So it's weird how it's like the last song on the album, but then they like start off a world tour. The first song would be that song. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a hype song, isn't it? Let's get hyped. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, what you said, I think, lead us neatly onto the performances. One of the ones that I linked is the, I can't remember, I sort of, um, which one was it? The Remember one's the one that's got the intro. Yeah. RM does the voiceover about. Yeah, and that one's cool. It's not as cool as the, the MMA, MMA one. one. Yeah. The most amazing thing I've ever seen in Honestly, my entire life. Yes. It's so good. Um, so good. It's so good. It's so good. I think you kind of want to combine them. You want to do the intro bit and then also lead it into you this. Should. But this MMA one was at the end of like a 40 minute set that they did. It has this absolutely incredible dance break from NO. So NO obviously is an earlier song. And in this dance break, man, they go up and down on this big long table and there's dancers in the front and they sort of get thrown off and then they fall off and other members get thrown on. So there's this bit right with um, RM and Jin. They're the only two members on the on the platform and they sort of dance their way to the end. And then sort of out of nowhere. RM and Jin fall off the table. Yeah. And, who and comes then uh, Jimin and, uh, and V come up. And they get sort of lifted onto the table. You don't notice this. You they just appear on the table. Um, but if you watch, there's this explainer video based on the so dance crack of how they did it. And definitely, definitely watch it. It's incredible. And then they drop down, and then other people like pop up. Yeah. And then Hobie's vanished for a little while. Yeah, Sugar. I think Sugar's there at the start with Aram and Jin, and Jake and Hobie have their little section as well. And then the dancers sort of in front of the table sort of cover the transitions really yeah. well, so you can't you can only see like different members sort of popping up behind them. And then all of a sudden they're all on the table except Aram, and they're doing a little <laughs> dance break on the table. And then Aram comes up, and yeah, it's it's, it's just oh, and then they do the hand down. It's so good, and yeah, they they're sat down. They're all sort of sat down at the table and then they do this little dance with their arms and their heads and we're doing it now, but you can't see us. So that's not super useful. Going well. Uh, we nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. And there's like little cups, I think, that they yep. slam in the table. And oh, it's so good. We, we're definitely, definitely not doing it justice, but definitely, definitely watch it. If you watch anything, watch that one. 
Oh, and the outfits. The outfits are so good. Uh, they're in these like blazers. Like vampire. Yeah, vampire like aesthetic. brocade, like Baroque style. And this blonde Juno. It's just, oh. And yeah, I've seen many a, a TikTok of Tay in his outfit, mm. I must say, because he's got this like high collar shirt and he's got the like black tussled hair that's sort of half length. He does this thing at one point, I think it might toward, be towards the end or it might be sort of in the performance where he sort of looks like he's sort of chewing and he sort of stares down at someone. <laughs> <laughs> We're all pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Natasha. I know. How you managed to watch that performance and that explainer and feel nothing is beyond me. I know. JK's got like red tint through his dark hair. He's, uh, I want him to bite me. They all look absolutely incredible. The highlight of all the Dionysus performances is right at the end, they all bring the chairs and then they sit on them, but their breathing's really heavy. <laughs> and breathing, they look yeah. so tired. And yeah, you're just they look like, so tired. Yeah, <laughs> but you're also really hot. <laughs> so hot. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Please, please, please look it up. It's great. It's the um, best six minutes you will spend on YouTube today. Honestly. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it. So, should we move on to our awards, guys? Yes. Yes. Okay, so what did we think was the best lyric? So, I agonised over my best lyric for a while. I guess... One of the inspirations for the podcast was the realisation that sometimes, even if you really love something and you really enjoy something, when you then get the lyrics, mm. you have a greater appreciation for it. Yeah. And I couldn't get away from that, which means that my best lyric goes to everyone says I'm a hero. Oh, no. I said something like destiny was never my thing. Oh, no. World peace. Oh, no. A great order. Oh, no. I just want to keep you safe. Yeah. Hobie takes best lyric in Boy With Love. Nice. Okay. Yeah. My lyric goes to Michael Cosmos in the bit that comes just before the first chorus where they say that some lights are ambitious, some lights are wandering, each person's light is a precious one in the dark night, don't be lonely. Like all stars we shine, don't disappear, be your existence, it's a big one, let's shine. Beautiful. It's the little sort of bit that Hobie does, Barham and Sugar sort of come in and do this like little word here and there and it's really beautiful and they all like wrap lines together and it's yeah I like it a lot so Natasha my best lyric would be baby I know I can make it better I can hold you tighter all those roads are pointing to you from make it right it has a very meaningful place in my heart perfect right okay Bespoko what was your pick Leanne so my best vocal was Jimin's high note. Nice. Yeah. Jimin's high note in what? In, in microcosmos. microcosmos. Yeah. <laughs> microcosmos. Which is it just it's just so beautiful and he does such a good job yeah. on it. And it comes right before the shine dream. Smile, yeah. Smile. I think you'd said about sometimes when Junior does his vocals, you could sort of feel mm. your heart racing yeah and I did say oh I might give my best vocal to Juni but yeah. I didn't I give it to Jimin it makes my heart rest I mean Beautiful. I really wanted to give it to Juni but I already did for her so I can't do it again <laughs> I really also enjoy the high note and I think also just because we did to go for school as a previous episode he obviously does the high note in No More Dream it's oh. not quite as good <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, a nice little contrast of sort of Jimin then and Jimin now which mm-hmm. she nails that high note every time yeah well done Jimin 
So your best vocal is the same as my best vocal. Well, I was going to pick that best vocal, but just because you picked it, maybe I shall pick something else. I'll pick the intro to make it right, actually, where when Tay opens it, because he sings the little bit. The moment I saw myself, I had to leave. And he sings that really well. So I'll uh, I'll give a shout out to my Tay Tay. Nice. Yeah. Tasha? My best vocal is from Microcosmos, the chorus. Where he's like, Jimin says, you got me. And then Jungkook says, I got you. That's yeah. very sweet. And it's good, a good pairing. Good and right that Jungkook gets a best vocal because he is he deserves them. lead vocalist. Right, should we move on to best rap? Yep, best yeah. rap. Mine is, as already been mentioned, actually, which would be J-Hope's rap from Why We've Love. That's strong. JK is in it as well. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Best rep for you, Christine. Is it going to Youngie? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm so shocked. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, it's on his bridge on Dionysus. I tried, I really did. And then I read that and I was like, no, this is the best rep. There's just no one above, no one on side. Right, really, Anne, what so, did you choose? I Youngie's bridge gets a special shout out. I really thought it was going to be Youngie's bridge in Dionysus and I was really happy for you. And for me having found it and being yeah. like, it is young, it's just swagging. And then I did all my, I spent all my time with Jamais Vu and Hobie's sub rap. And I was lost. No, it's Hobie. Hobie's first sad rap in Jamais Vu, which is the, I blame myself, it couldn't be perfect. All I wanted to do was do well. I wanted to make you smile. Yeah. Right, should we move on? Best oh, yeah. live performance. Natasha? My best performance would be the home KBS 2019. With the sofa on the stage. Mm, yes. It's a good one. Ours is the same, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. MMA is. Dionysus. Yeah, MMA Dionysus, 100%. Yeah. Honorable mention to this brand new dance practice. <laughs> yes. I put that too. I put honorable mention to the dance practice. <laughs> Honourable mention to the dance practice, but it is new out, so we've not watched it, so we will have to watch it again after recording. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I think the one that I skipped was Best Dance Break, wasn't it? So we can do that now. Best Dance Break, Shock Horror, I also put Dionysus <laughs> MMA 2019 on the table. That is the Best Dance Break. That's for me anyway. Yep, same. Same, Dionysus, but I didn't put specific one. If I had to pick one, I'd have to pick the one that we had at our concert that you could actually see. Mm. Yeah. I'm sad about this, actually. I'm sad for Boy With Love because Dionysus is in there. So Boy With Love really should have taken some best performance, best dance break. Yes. It's brilliant. I agree. But that Dionysus performance is just... Yeah. It's irrefutable. It's irrefutable. You can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt sad for... Boy with, boy with love. love. Yeah, I wrote that too about dance break. I was like, I really, really love the boy with love dance. Anyway, okay, best look. Do you want to go first? Yes. Have you picked your bias? I have not. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought the way you looked at me, you were like, oh. No, I was. I was trying my best to stay away from Junie's best look. Um, the blonde Junie, Junie mm. in the shorts. My best look's really silly. I give best look to Jin in the muster with the baby hair. Oh. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I cannot, I can't, I don't want to live without it. It is in writing, Jin, best luck, 2021 muster with baby hair. That's a great pick. What about you, Natasha? Mine is JK at the Lotte family concert. So the pictures that I inserted, they're just 
amazing. Like, as soon as I found them pictures, like, that's it, that's it. Right, I think you're the only one that has successfully not chosen your bias than Leanne because I won't say in the blue hair. I just think it's a classic work. Maybe I, I should was been. tempted by Dionysus Tay, I must, mustn't lie. And I also want to say honourable mention to RM with the blonde hair and the pink orangey suit thing mm. in Boy With Love. He really just looks spectacular. Oh, maybe I do want Blonde Junie. No, I'm happy with Jen, but Blonde Junie, yeah, you're welcome at my house anytime. Okay, are we on to the skip? It's a mm. hard album to skip one and on, album. but what did we pick? Algophus. Dionysus. I am Doug. Bye. Like, we could pick the persona. These picks are terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no shade, no shade. But just shame. Right, what have you picked, Dan? Yeah, I had to skip home. I, I picked home as well, but it hurt. It really did. After reading the lyrics. Before the lyrics, I was very like, mm, this one's fine, it's a bit boring. But then I read it and I was like, no, this makes me feel warm inside. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing with home was it was challenging with the performances. Yeah. It was between home and make it right. Yeah, for, for me. Me as well. And then I think make it right just shone a bit more lyrically. And then the the music video. And then by then I was already sucked in for a while. Yeah, sorry, home. It's a hard album to skip. I'm on. only skipping it once. Definitely. And only because there's a gun to my head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll never skip home again. Right. Okay. Uh, best song. Which one have we chosen? Do you want to go first on that one as well, Natasha? Yep. My best song would be Microcosmos because the like sentimental value. It's just a it's a cry song. Yeah, I agree. It's Microcosmos. I've tried really hard to recent given it to Dionysus, and then I was like, no, okay. I'm sorry, but it's Microcosmos. So for my best track, I literally listened to the first five seconds of these two tracks that are in contention about 50 times <laughs> just flicking between the two and playing the first five seconds and being like how do you feel so it was between microcosmos and boy with love obviously nice. okay i've given it to boy with love really I've got to, i know it was partly the reflection on crying when i heard boy with love when yeah, i knew yeah, we were yeah. getting here it being such a beautiful song that brand new dance practice the music video yeah i feel it was the first Korean song you really connected to, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm sad that my Cosmos will not get a best track from me. It's okay, because it got best track from us. Right, okay. The time has come, guys. MVP. Mine is J-Hope. Just for the fact that I think that in every song, he's got, like, a very strong rap or, like, verse in whatever he does in this album. I feel like... Yeah. Throughout the whole song, it's always like, oh, my God, yeah, that one. Oh, my God, yeah, that one. Yeah, J-Hope. Agreed. Yes, yeah, my uh, MVP for Mephibosol Persona as well is Hobie. He, um, I don't think we said this when we talked about Dionysus, but RM said in his V-Live that he wrote a lot of that song. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I love that song. And I think he really, like, bosses the call and answer part. His bit is the best one. All the rappers do it, but he does it best. His verse on Boy in Love is great. Yes, I agree with that. And his parts in Jamais Vu are just absolutely gorgeous. And he um, comes in on the last chorus and that just adds so much because like the chorus is really like slow and like nice on its own. But when he sort of comes in with this like slow, sad rap in the background, I'm like, well, this chorus is the best. 
he uh, he does a lot of great rapping on this, but his sort of sing-songy rapping on Jamebu is just haunting, and that's why I've given it to J-Hop. I couldn't agree more. I have also given it to J-Hop. Nice. Um, I thought I was going to be the only one that gave, that gave it to Hobie. No. Um, clearly so. The out. only thing you mentioned missed was Hobie in the blue jumper and Hobie in the cardigan. Yeah. Oh, yes. I think he just really, like you said, he, he really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent job. Excellent heavily, job. Hobie. Yeah. Heavily Hobie wrecked during this. Agreed. Ratings. Ratings. Right. I do not want to go first. Oh, interesting. I cannot split it from Love Yourself Hair. Okay. It's a 6.5 for me. Okay. Natasha? I will go with 7. Wow. I was very mm, between 6.5 and 7. There is two songs on it that, like, I'm not a massive fan of. Mm. Mm. But a few other songs, like, double up on points. If you had to, like, only listen to one album... Mm. I've got enough to all like already skip the ones that I'm not a fan of. She is going the same. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, guys. This album's a seven. None of the songs are bad. They're like obviously, I don't necessarily think any of their songs are bad, but there are some that are stronger than others, and I think this album is just packed full of them. And obviously, for me, the whole self improvement piece was meaningful as well. So yeah, this is the seven. Right, shall we spin the wheel? Where are we going? We're going back to school. It's the school era! We're going back to school. <laughs> so, next episode, we shall be doing Oh, Are You Late To? <laughs> I've got the album, yay! Yay! <laughs> I think you might like this more. I'm not saying it's going to be your favourite album ever, but it's better than... To a culture school, I think, just from having more songs. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Generation BTS, all the albums. This has been Map of the Soul persona. Natasha, what's our social media? Where can people find us? On Instagram, we are Generation BTS underscore. And on Gmail, it is Generation BTS all the albums at gmail.com. And if you want to write us a review or <laughs> um put those five stars in on Spotify that would be great and uh, we shall see you in two weeks time for oh are you late to here's your reminder to use BTS to love yourself because none of this is a coincidence I've been Christine I've been Leanne I've been Natasha and we have been Generation Generation BTS BTS. thank you so much for listening and please join us again in two weeks Woo woo.